What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. We're here. We're here in the semifinals. If you made it all the way to the semifinals, congratulations. If you have a shitty team and you made it to the semifinals, congratulations. Forget everyone else. You made it with your shitty team. Everyone's talking shit. Like, hey, man, you don't deserve to be in the semifinals. No, I do. Because your ass is out the playoffs and I'm in the semifinals. Okay, if you're a good team that made it to the semifinals, congratulations, you're one of the few. (laughs) A lot of these stud players, you know, didn't do their thing in week 15, so a lot of these good teams got kicked out. All right, Uh, and no, uh, I'm not being bitter right now. I'm not, I'm not. Um, but this podcast, we're going to go over all of the matchups for for week 16. For those uh, who did make it to the semifinals, good team or bad. Um, so w- w- 16 matchups, I'm going to go over the usages. I'm going to go over wide receiver cornerback matchups. I'm, I'm going to go over, you know, everything that will, you know, hopefully help you win this week and make it all the way to the fantasy championship. All right, so let's get right into it. The Thursday night game, 49ers at the Titans. The Titans are favored by three and a half points. This is a 44-point over-under. So Elijah Mitchell has been ruled out. Uh, so Jeff Wilson is an RB2. This is a tough matchup, okay? So temper expectations. But, you know, Jeff Wilson was on the field for 88% of snaps this past week. He ran around on 64% of Jimmy G's dropbacks. That's new usage for Jeff Wilson. Um, and it means that he can be a bit game script independent this week if Mitchell can't go. Uh, Debo Samuel finally started being targeted again, and it you know it seemed to have come at the expense of Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I think Ayuk only had two targets in that game, but you know when the 49ers go run heavy like they did last week, it's so hard to sustain three guys. Um, it, it is possible that they go a little bit more pass heavy this week because you know the Titans' run defense is pretty good, and uh, you know they're more vulnerable on the back end, right? But George Kittle, you know, seems to be getting his regardless. Uh, Kittle, you know, he's a high-end tight end one. Debo is a wide receiver one play. Um, you know, him getting the targets and the rushing attempts, you know, is definitely something that you want to see. Um, Ayuk is a borderline wide receiver two play in a good matchup. This game should be more competitive than the Falcons game. So we should hopefully see some better production from Ayuk. Julio Jones, of course, he left last week's game with a hamstring strain. Seems like he can't get over that damn hamstring this season uh, yet. He left that, that game, and now he practices practices on full on a Wednesday. Makes no sense. I'm probably going to drop him. I, I don't see myself playing him over the next couple of weeks. So, you know, A.J. Brown should be able to make his way back tonight. Um, I expect the Titans to activate him, um, you know, to play. He's an instant wide receiver to play, and the fact that Julio might play is probably a good thing for A.J. Brown. So the 49ers don't, just don't double A.J. Brown all game long. Um, AJ Brown does have a good matchup. It'll be between Dante Johnson and Ambry Thomas on AJ Brown's primary side. So he could have a plus matchup there, especially if Julio Jones does play. Deontay Foreman, um, is the lead for a three man backfield. You know, they like to go run heavy. So there's a chance he gets enough work to make you happy. Uh, but his upside is quite limited because McNichols and Hilliard are still involved. He's in the, like the low end RB two tier. You know, high end RB three, low end RB two. Um, you know, I'm just not I'm not loving the combination of his share of the workload. 
right, and the matchup this week. So the good thing for Foreman is, you know, I don't think there's any confusion about who the goal linebacker is going to be. So hopefully he can punch it in for you. Um, so the hope is that, you know, 15 carries and a goal line touchdown, that's kind of what you're hoping for. All right, moving on to the Browns at the Packers. The Packers are favored by 7.5 points, 44.5 over under. This is on Saturday night. Uh, Nick Chubb should be the guy once again this week. Kevin Stefanski said that Kareem Hunt won't be available regardless of whether he gets out of the COVID protocol. So Chubb is an RB1 play because of it. Dearness Johnson continues to be a solid stash this week while Hunt is out. Uh, because if Nick Chubb does you know, get hurt this week then and Kareem Hunt is out again in week 17, then Dearness Johnson would be an RB1 play. Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry will be available uh, for this game regardless of how they test. According to the new protocols, Landry is a solid play this week against the Green Bay defense, who has given up the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last eight weeks and the second most over the last four. Austin Hooper is back, so with all three tight ends available now, we go back to avoiding them. Aaron Rodgers has been great, you know, with pretty much no practice time over the last couple weeks. Solid QB1 play. MVS is on the COVID list, and if he can't clear by Saturday, Alan Lazard becomes a bit more interesting. Not someone I'm really trying to get into my lineup, but he becomes fantasy relevant. So he's like a flex play at best, and the matchup is okay. Devonta Adams, obviously, in your lineup. Aaron Jones gets a bit of an upgrade after his usage from the from, from this past week. You know, he, he outsnapped A.J. Dillon this past week, 63% to 37%. So that's really good for him compared to what it was the week before. It was basically a 50-50 split. Uh, Dillon get, did get some goal line work, though. Uh, but Jones was used near the goal line later in the game, just not inside the five. But he's a low-end RB1 just based on, you know, who I'm playing him over this week. All right, the Colts at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are favored by one point, 49 point over under Saturday night. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, obviously, in your lineup. Michael Pittman is getting some ridiculous target shares, but the raw targets aren't there, um, you know, just given how much the Colts are running the ball. Uh, The Lions had a decent day running the ball last week against the Cardinals, so I can imagine that as long as the Cardinals don't go up early, the Colts will be able to do their thing running the ball. Um, Because this has a chance of being a bit more of a competitive game, I'm cool playing Michael Pittman as a high-end wide receiver three with upside this week. Uh, Arizona has been giving up some fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks, the fifth most on Pittman's primary side over the last four. Christian Kirk was the biggest beneficiary to DeAndre Hopkins' injury from an opportunity perspective. He ran around on almost every one of Kyler Murray's dropbacks this past week, 26% target share, uh, and he remained in the slot. You know, he ran about 80% of his routes from the slot this past week, so that's good. Um, Now, the Colts have been one of the best teams in terms of defending the slot, and they've stepped up lately overall in terms of defending wide receivers, but I'd still run Kirk out there as like a high-end wide receiver three, borderline wide receiver two, you know, given the offense he's on um, and this likely being a competitive game. Uh, AJ Green only ran around on 69% of dropbacks last week for some reason, uh, but he's still at eight targets, which is great. You know, my guess is that you know he gets closer to that 100% of dropbacks, just like Christian Kirk was last week. He has a good matchup, and I'd go back to him as a wide receiver three this week if you need him. The last four weeks have been good for the Colts, um, you know, on that side, but they've given up the 12th most fantasy points to AJ Green's side over the last eight. Um, so there is some room for for production here. Zach Ertz, he's a solid tight end one right now, especially because he ran around on 91% of dropbacks last week. He was targeted at 24% rate. That's extremely solid. So this also happens to be a great matchup for the tight ends. Um, the Colts have allowed the most receiving yards, the second most receptions, and the third most fantasy points to the tight end position this year. They've also allowed the second most fantasy points 
um, to tight ends over you know over the last four weeks. So he's a he's a legit play this week. Uh, the Cardinals returned to a um, timeshare with Chase Edmonds back. The you know Connor was on the field for 44% of snaps. Edmonds was on the field for 39%. Edmonds was the primary passing down back this week. So you know unfortunately we have to downgrade Connor at this point because of it. Hopefully Connor can still continue to score some touchdowns, but his floor and upside definitely take a hit. Tough matchup this week too. He's a RB two. Edmonds is a PPR flex. Kyler Murray, he's a high end QB one despite a, you know a couple of not so great outings over the past couple weeks. All right, moving on to the Lions at the Falcons. Falcons are favored by five and a half points. Um, I, I I stuttered there because I was I wasn't sure that I, that was right that the Falcons are actually favored in a game. Uh, Forty two and a half over under here. DeAndre Swift returned to a limited practice on Wednesday. Uh, Jamal Williams wasn't on the injury report, so he got a full practice in. It's possible that we see these two suit up this week. We'll definitely monitor uh, DeAndre Swift's practices on Thursday and Friday. Uh, Craig Reynolds might not have much of a role if these two are back. Jamal Williams, you know, should be back at the very least. So Reynolds' you know role on early downs might not be there. I, I'd avoid this backfield if I can. You know, assuming that DeAndre Swift doesn't play. Um, you know, if I'm starting a back from this backfield, like I guess it's Jamal Williams. You know, despite how good Craig Williams has Craig Reynolds has looked over the last two weeks, you know, you just kind of don't really have an idea of how this split is gonna look like without DeAndre Swift. Um now I'd start DeAndre Swift as an RB2 if he's active. I don't want to have too high of expectations in his first game back. You know, not sure how much of a load that they're willing to give him. You know, given the fact that they have nothing to play for, he's their star running back. Do they really want to, you know, re-injure that shoulder or whatever whatever the case may be? Jared Goff was placed on the COVID list on Monday, so it's possible that he doesn't play this week. Obviously, that would affect Amon Ross St. Brown, who has been killing it over the last three weeks, averaging 11 targets, 8 catches, 70 yards, uh, 40% target share last week. And TJ Hawkinson out is going to continue to benefit him. Atlanta is a great matchup. Um, hopefully, Jared Goff can be cleared before Sunday to make him a you know solid borderline wide receiver two start. Uh, but even if Goff doesn't play, I think he'd still be a solid wide receiver three. You know, Hawkinson's out. You know, he's he's going to be one of the main targets. Josh Reynolds has been relatively consistent too, so he's a deep flex play in a good matchup. Uh, Russell Gage on the other side of the ball, he's a legit wide receiver now. He's improved a ton since last year. I'm actually looking forward, you know, to his 2022 season. Um, good matchup this week. I started him as a borderline wide receiver too. Um, I've talked a lot of shit about Russell Gage, and I'm here to tell you that, you know, he's a good wide receiver and he's made some strides. I, I can't wait to see his reception perception profile from Matt Harmon this offseason. I have a feeling we're going to see some major improvements there. Uh, Kyle Pitts had another solid day. Um, he just didn't score a touchdown. Um, again, <laughs> but he's getting it done. Like if this dude was catching touchdowns, he'd be an easy, you know, top five tight end this year. He caught all one, but he called one all year. Um, but yeah, he's a low end tight end one, but he has some upside this week because of the matchup. Cordell Patterson should be a lineup as an RB1. His usage is getting better. Um, he didn't score last week, but he was very close to scoring a couple times. He was on the field for 61% of snaps, ran a route on more than 50% of Matt Ryan's dropbacks, and also had more than 50% of the rushing attempts. So, you know, Mike Davis himself can be a flex play if he needed. This is a good matchup. Um, you know, Davis isn't reliable, but it is possible that both of these guys, these guys can get enough work against Lions for, for both of them to be, you know, viable. Moving on to the Ravens at the Bengals. Um, let's see, uh, two and a half. Of, the Bengals are favored by two and a half points, 44 and a half over under. Lamar Jackson still isn't practicing as of Wednesday. Tyler Huntley, 
you know, he played a great game against the Packers last week. He'd be in streaming consideration if Lamar can't go. Um, he definitely scrambled a, a bunch, and then he also had some design rushing attempts for him as well. So, you know, he, has, he and he has weapons. He has a really good connection with Mark Andrews. So, um, you know, he's definitely in play this week. Uh, Marquise Brown was targeted a bunch last week, not downfield, though. Like, he'll be a PPR wide receiver with, with upside you know, this week against the Bengals. It's a good matchup, though. So, you know, he, he might get a little bit of an upgrade there. Uh, Mark Andrews absolutely killed it last week with Huntley, and now he has a great matchup. The Bengals have allowed the second most receptions, the most receiving yards, then the third most fantasy points to tight ends over the last four weeks. So a potential, you know, another blow-up game for Mark Andrews is potentially coming. Devontae Freeman's usage was disappointing and out of nowhere this past week. He went from playing... 69% of snaps and 66% of snaps over the previous two weeks to 56% in week 15. He also ended up sharing a ton of rushing attempts with Latavius Murray, and Murray even had more carries and targets than him. Uh, it's a backfield to avoid this week. Rashad Bateman can be a decent flex this week in this matchup. My guess is that Sammy Watkins will be back. He's still in the COVID list as of Wednesday, though, so just keep that in mind. If he's out, he'd be in cons- uh, you know in consideration as an upside flex play. Otherwise, I can see Bateman and Watkins rotating. If Watkins ends up being cleared late in the week and can't practice much, I'd have a little bit more confidence in Bateman. I'm really um, excited to see what T. Higgins and Jamar Chase is going to do against this Ravens perimeter defense. It's going to be terrible for the Ravens this week. Pick your poison. Like, one or both of these guys are going off. They have to be in lineups this week. I don't care who you got in front of them. Um, You know, you heard me talk about this Ravens secondary every single week, so I'll spare you this week, but the Ravens are terrible on the perimeter. (laughs) Uh, Tyler Boyd can do some things, too, so he gets an upgrade. The Ravens are better defending the slot. But their secondary is shot right now. Uh, just can't expect all three of these guys to eat. Um, there is a chance that Boyd doesn't do much this week, you know, despite a, a, a decent matchup. Uh, Joe Mixon got a full practice in on Wednesday, so I'd expect him to start this week. He's an RB1 play, despite a bit of a bad stretch and a tough matchup. CJ Zama is a streaming option this week because of the great matchup and also because he's running at a high route participation, more than 80% over the last three weeks, 19% and 20% target share over the last two. Uh, Rams at Vikings. Vikings are favored by three points, 49 point over under. It's tough to decipher the Rams backfield going into week 16. Uh, Sony Michelle was the clear lead in week 15, but Dal Henderson, you know, hardly practiced for like three weeks. It, it made complete sense for Sony to get the work. He's been practicing and playing this entire time. So with a week of practice for Henderson, you know, will this be more of a 50-50 split? Maybe, or they, maybe they continue to ride Sony. Um, I do think Sony is the better start this week, and I'd play him as an RB2 with upside. Uh, Henderson is an upside flex play, but his floor is pretty low. This is a good matchup all around for the wide receivers, so I continue to play Stafford as a solid QB1. Um, play Cooper Cup, obviously. OBJ disappointed you know, this past week, but you know I'd play him this week as a borderline wide receiver too. The Vikings have given up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last eight weeks and the third most over the last four. Van Jefferson, uh, he's a wide receiver three play as well because of the good matchup. Uh, Mike Zimmer said that Adam Thielen was close to coming back on Monday night, so my guess is that he plays this week. Not a bad thing for Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, some attention can come off of him, and we saw that last week when he was doubled. Um, but but Jefferson is a high end wide receiver one play this week. Adam Thielen would be a wide receiver two play for me this week if he's back. Uh, if he can make it back, KJ Osborne would be like a flex play with upside, but I wouldn't you know be going out of my way. Um, to be starting him. And Dalvin Cook, 
obviously a high in RB1 play this week. Moving on to the Bills at the Patriots. The Patriots are favored by 2.5 points, 43.5 over under. Uh, Stephon Diggs will probably get the shadow from JC Jackson, so it's a tough matchup. I'd still play him as a high end wide receiver, too. Cole Beasley, he's out with COVID. Gabriel Davis is a wide receiver three play this week, you know, and this is considering a downgrade uh, because of the matchup, right? Davis can still do his thing in this matchup, you know, even with, you know, the fact that Beasley's out, more targets can go his way. So I'm not, I'm not like, you know, just. I'm not going to have him on my bench, you know, in every situation. Like, he's definitely in consideration to to, to be started this week. Uh, but that being said, you know, Josh Allen, you know, tough spot. I consider him a low-end QB1 play this week. Uh, Devin Singletary, he's a flex play this week. He's turned into an every down back over the last two over the last two weeks. So if you're in a pinch, I consider it a blessing that you have Singletary on your bench to give you some points. Uh, Dawson Knox is in a tough spot this week. He's still a low-end tight end one start. Um, and that's with him downgraded because of the matchup. Uh, Hunter Henry's rap participation made a big jump this week to 82%. Um, it was at 67% in his last game. And if that continues, he'd be a tight end one start um, regardless of matchup. In this game, I consider him a borderline tight end one. You know, But we've seen his rap participation be kind of volatile this year. Um, so tough matchup as well. You know, Just play him if you need him. Uh, Damian Harris was limited in practice on Wednesday, so continue to monitor him. If he can't go this week, reminder Stevenson would be an upside RB2 start once again. Uh, game script did get away from the Patriots last week, um, so you know he couldn't get some volume. Uh, not the best matchup this week, but he can get it done on volume. So if Harris plays, um, I'd avoid both of these guys. If Harris is out, I play Ramondre as an upside RB2. All right, moving on to the Jaguars at the Jets. This is a pick 'em, 41 point over under. James Robinson became an every down back once again in his first game without Urban Meyer. Carlos Hyde was out with a concussion, but I don't think it matters. Robinson, you know, should be an RB1 start week start this week against the Jets because of the matchup and because of the role. The most consistent wide receiver on the Jaguars right now is Laquan Treadwell, of course. If you need a solid floor in PPR, deep league, you can throw him in your flex. If you're hurting at tight end, James O'Shaughnessy can be an option, especially in this matchup. The Jets have been extremely vulnerable to the tight end position this year, um, so you could throw him in your lineup and be okay. There's no one I feel comfortable starting on the Jets right now. Um, you know, Michael Carter is a flex play at best right now. He came back into a three-man timeshare last week. Tevin Coleman got a bunch of work, and he ended up playing better than Michael Carter. So I wouldn't want to trust him in my fantasy playoffs. You know, Ty Johnson, like a weird, like healthy scratch. Like, who knows what the hell they're doing in this backfield right now. Uh, but if you're looking for a PPR flex, Jameson Crowder can be a deep flex for you. He did get a 38% target share last week, and the Jaguars have given up the six most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. All right, so that's eight games. We're going to do the next eight games in tomorrow's podcast. The podcast is coming out on Friday. That's part two. This is part one. So good luck this week. Good luck tonight. All your players that are playing on Thursday night. Um, hope you guys made the right start. Sit decisions. I hope it works out for you. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Take it easy. See ya.